This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave today. In studio, we have Hannah Webb Howard and Representative Dan Sullivan. Dan, you haven't got a chance to say a word since you arrived, so let's give you that chance. What's going on? What are you doing in town, and what's going on with the race? Well, first of all, I enjoyed sitting here listening to the perspectives at the national level and what's going on. Uh, What's going on with the race? We're right in the middle of the filing just ended. Right. So now we're firm that we have uh, Senator John Cooper and I are the only two in that race. Uh, And we're just out meeting people and uh, talking to folks and trying to promote the conservative message. That's terrific. Uh, That's what you're doing. And it strikes me that John Cooper, although he's running in the Republican primary, is essentially trying to uh, propound the liberal message. Well, he held a town hall the other day and um, limited the questions that you could ask him. You know, I'm not familiar when people have a town hall. I would think your constituents could go wherever they wanted to go and ask you whatever question they wanted to ask you. However, John limited the questions to the things that he wanted to bring up. So he didn't talk about Second Amendment. That was against the rules to against talk about. The rules. I and love he's, it. he's the one that uh, killed the Stand Your Ground bill. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or intended. Take In, it either indeed. way. Indeed. Uh, but he did not want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, he voted against uh, having Bi- the Bible in school as a, an elective, not a required. Uh, class, but as an elective. By the way, and I'm not mocking, would it be opposed to a class that studied like Eastern religions? That's the thing that kills me about these leftists. And let's be clear, he's a leftist because he shut down speech at a a public debate. That's a leftist move. You're exactly right. 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 And so would he be against a discussion, uh, a class on, uh, like I said, Eastern religions? Uh, I I bet you no. It's it's almost an anti-Judaism Judeo-Christian approach to politics that we see from the left now. It's remarkable. But the foundation of this country is Judeo-Christian beliefs. And you can even say Christian. I'm Jewish, so maybe I add in the Judeo more often than I need to. Because Christianity builds on Judaism. right? So it's the same core beliefs. It's the same Ten Commandments. It's It's the same God. Same God. Right? The same, uh, the, the God that you should, amongst other things, fear. And the liberals don't like it. Why should you fear God? You can't. You know why you should fear God? Because if you don't fear God, you fear man. And God should be the final arbiter for your morality, not man. I think that's in our Declaration of Independence. We're very close to that. We're created in his image. That's exactly right. And our Constitution talks about we won't create any laws that supersede God's law. And God, those first ten command, our t- first ten amendments, essentially were uh, God-given rights, not given by our government. Indeed, you know, and I would, you know, I, I wouldn't personally characterize John as a liberal, but I would characterize him as an authoritarian. You know, when I'm when not sure I see much difference, but I, <laughs> but I, I respect well, your distinction. Yeah, it certainly is when you don't allow your constituents to ask about what your voting record is. We, you know, we've we've. In many places, we're supposed to um, be the allow the people to tell the government what to do. That's it. And when the government that should comes, be every place. That should be every place. And when we when you come back as a government official and you tell the people what they can and can't talk about, that's not why you were elected. You have to step up and and make that comment. Well, that's exactly right. It's it, I 
will not vote for an elected official who loses sight of the fact that he works for me. And that's what the the problem with bureaucracy, that is the unelected government workers, is that too many, not all, but too many of them figure, well, I'm a government worker. You can't tell me what to do. Here's the thing. As a government worker, you work for everyone. Now, that doesn't mean some guy walks off the street and tells you what to do, but you are ultimately answerable to the public. And too many bureau hacks don't understand that. There was a there was an opinion I want to say from Missouri, uh, but it was in the Dem Gaz just now uh, that someone brought a FOIA request and it was improperly denied, and the requester got something like thirty or forty thousand dollars in attorney's fees. That's right, and you know why that happened? Because some bureau hack decided that uh, they knew better than what people in the legislature had ordered them to do, and that is to be responsive to the citizenry with. Uh, providing public information to them. That happens all the time in many different ways. It's no different uh, physically. You know, Arkansas has, I think, is one of the highest uh, states in the nation, ranked the highest, that uses the public's money uh, and has centralized spending. So we send our money to Little Rock, and Little Rock sends it back to us. So many states are, are much better than Arkansas. Arkansas is like 80-some percent of our spending has to come through Little Rock. Through Little Rock, wow. And other states, are the average nationally is like 60%. Wow. So when we turn the money back to the local people, then... Let's be clear, though, Dan. When we turn some of it back to the local people, because central government's got to skim off the top. Well, and and certainly they need to for certain things. But, you know, the, the government, one of the government ways to govern best is that government which governs locally. They know their needs. So when we are incentivizing companies to come into Arkansas, which is good, you know, if we're taking money from our rural communities, they may want to incentivize a grocery store to come in. You know, I've got several small communities in my town that would love to have a grocery store. They'd love to have a mu- enough uh, surplus income that they could offer some incentives but when we suck that money up here in Little Rock and we give it out to them based upon what we decide is the best, then little communities or smaller communities are tending to lose all their people. You know, people are moving out of those because they can't incentivize smaller businesses and smaller communities. It's all about big business and big communities. Well, and it boils down to individual ownership and I don't mean ownership of business, sort of self-ownership and individual responsibility. And that is, I work very hard for my money, even though Hannah might uh, disagree with me. I do disagree. There you go. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, And uh, I think uh, most Arkansans work very hard for their money. And so when they see and they know that more of their money goes to government than stays in their pocket, they are understandably concerned. And then you see... Uh, unaccountable bureaucrats spending that money. It, it, well, they do two things. One is they skim up, skim off some of that money to pay for their own salaries, and then they spend that money on projects that they deem worthy, right. rather than letting individuals make choices about their own lives. And we need to put more money in. Leave, not put. Leave more money in the pockets of hardworking Arkansans. And for all of those people say, well, we need the government to do this and that and the other thing, my response is, can't do it all. Well, what about this? Sorry. 
I don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, we I got a packet I was looking at uh, yesterday. I think it was. It's probably an inch thick, both sides, small print of all the grants that we do. So where does the money from those grants come from? Yeah. It comes from the people. We send it down here. We give it back to them with strings attached and overhead. You know, we have to process it. We send it back to the local level. They have to have a grant supervisor. You know, our police department, they just talked in Jonesboro, this is, said we, we are, unfortunately, we have to fund a good portion of our police department on grants. Well, why, why don't we leave the city with some of their money? So that they and can spend their own money. Right. Exactly. And that grant writer may be a police. Instead of a grant writer, we're hiring police men and women to be out in the field. Right. But when we had this grant system that funds, uh, you know, just about everything, you know, we had a bill this last session about a music highway, and I think it was down in South Arkansas, and they wanted to put billboards up and, and recognize. That's a wonderful thing. Why are they coming to Little Rock right. to get the money? Right. Let them keep their money. And make their own decisions. Make their own decisions. Exactly. But yeah. some bureaucrat sitting in some dark office in Little Rock gets to make that decision? Yeah, they're not dark offices. Exactly. Nice big ones. No kidding. Amen, <laughs> And if brother. it eliminates the, uh, the need for a lobbyist, That's right. why do you come to lobby us? It would reduce the hours that we spend as legislators on these kind of things. So there's a lot of overhead and other expense goes in. That could be the savings to the taxpayer Amen. Uh, and redirect that money locally. And if I'm elected, that's one of the things I'm going to work very hard on is to help us get money from collecting it and spending it in Little Rock and just give it back. It's not a tax cut. It's not a tax increase. That's right. I want to, uh, We're going to go to break in a moment. Uh, and before, I want to highlight what I want to talk about when we come back. And it was an idea that you had in the last session can't remember if we introduced a bill on it or not, uh, but it's this idea that uh, municipalities, any government entity, shouldn't be spending taxpayer money on lobbyists. Your money oh, you're right. goes yeah. to lobbyists, uh, my money. You know what? I don't care about your money, Dan. I care about my money. <laughs> and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. We should each care about our own money, care about each other as people, love each other as good Jews and Christians, but... It's my job to look out for my money, and it's your right. job to look out for your money. And uh, why is some local government taking my money, hiring a lobbyist, so that those local bureaucrats, uh, unelected, can have, I don't know, shorter work hours or something else? Or that raise they your taxes. Or raise my taxes again. Yeah. So I want to talk about that sure. after we get back from the break, which we'll take right now. This is Dave Ellswick's show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave on this Friday afternoon in the studio. We have Hannah Webb Howard and we have Representative Dan Sullivan, who is running for state Senate uh, in the Jonesboro area. It's Craighead County, Craighead right? Craighead County, right. Uh, what's what's the, the name of the district, the number of the district? District 21. Terrific. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you had run well let's first pick up on what we left off before the break and that is uh, this issue um, regarding uh, having taxpayers fund private lobbyists to lobby to raise our taxes yeah I mean this is really this is the kind of thing that that you would read about in the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, right? It's, 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 <laughs> well, we may be there. Right. I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, all we need is the vomitorium and we will be in the Roman Empire. It baffles my mind that 
local governments can literally take my tax dollars, turn them over to private organizations, i.e. the Municipal League, that goes into the legislature and lobbies for higher taxes against me. Yeah, or raise your cell phone tax. Right. Yeah, you know, and uh, actually, you know, one of the first things you have to try to do, I think, as a legislator is I don't want to pass legislation if I don't have to. And if we can get people on board and they say, yeah, we'll change, then they will. So the instance you're talking about particularly was one higher ed. And higher ed was spending taxpayer dollars to fund their, they don't call them a lobbyist, they call them something different. But uh, they essentially is, are the liaison, I think is what they call That's them. right. That's so I right. got with higher ed and said, guys, you can explain this uh, in committee or you can change what you do. Right. And they all got together and changed the way they fund their their uh, lobbyists or their, their folks. And it really went quite well. Uh, we had a bill on that that didn't pass, but they were willing and they knew it would come up again. And they knew with a conservative or Republican legislature, they'd probably end up having to make that change anyway. So we worked together to do that. Now, we weren't as successful with uh, regular education, K-12 education. Right. Their superintendents and teachers uh, use uh, money to join various organizations, taxpayer dollars, uh, whether it's national organizations or state organizations. They use taxpayer money that funnels down there. Uh, they were the superintendent's administration our superintendent association was not quite as willing to change uh, voluntarily. So I'm still talking with them, and hopefully before next session, they'll make some of those changes. They have other sources of revenue that are not taxpayer dollars. Right. That's, even though it may be small, it's important, and it's a principle we're going to oh, stand by. Oh, it's very important. You know what? Uh, $10 here and $10 there becomes yeah. $1,000, and $1,000 here and $1,000 uh, there becomes a million dollars, and a million dollars here and a million dollars there becomes a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, the same thing is true with uh, what we were just talking about with all these grants that we're doing. There may not be a lot of dollars in one grant, but the administrative cost, you've probably been a part of grants sure. 10 to 15 to 20 percent administrative cost that's right. of every grant that's right and although it's a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand that it at the state level it's millions that's right and so if we could turn that money back locally we could save the taxpayer money uh have the money better spent uh, and more local accountability for the people in those local communities that's exactly right it's i just these elected officials that constantly look to raise taxes uh, have lost touch with the people. And, you know, John was asked that in the town hall the other day. Did he have any ideas on how to reduce taxes? Yeah. If he's a conservative legislator. Right. And he, he uh, I don't have the exact quote, but right. somehow he said, well, I haven't come up with that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I know. Right. I know we're going to, you know, we, we take a, a 3% cut. The, the city send their tax dollar, sales tax dollar into the DFNA right. at state level, they take a 3% cut of that uh, as an administrative fee. Well, initially, that was probably a good thing because they had uh, those costs when that law passed, I think, back in the 70s. It was all by hand. It's all electronic. Right. There's not right. a 3% cost anymore. Right. But they always find a way to spend that 3% at yeah. the state level. Yeah, and you know, my proposal is let's move it to 2% immediately. That's right. And let the city keep the money. That's right. You know, our cities don't have reserves in most cases. That's right. They don't have those in, that money available to incentivize things. So if we reduce that, let our cities keep the money. And you know what? If And right now we get that money. If we have to borrow money from the state at 3%. Jeez. 
well, you know, if we let the cities keep it and the state needs it, we'll be glad to help them. And we'll discharge the state 3%. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it's our money. That's right. So we're paying 3% to borrow our money from the state that's collected our money. Yeah, I had a little town in north, northeast Arkansas called Caraway. Great little town. It's been diminishing, going smaller and smaller. They had trouble with their well. $200,000. They had nothing in reserve. They had to borrow that money from the state at 3%. So think about this. Over the course of 20 or 30 years, we've been taking money from Caraway. Uh, very, they don't have any highways. Right. They're very little maintenance. They get very little back from the state. So we're taking their money, and when they have a need, rather than them spending having a reserve built up, they have to come to, to the state and borrow money at 3%. That's their own money. That's they remarkable. could have been keeping, if we'd have, had let more money stay local, they could have been putting that money in the bank and exactly. making five or six or seven percent. Exactly. So there's a cost to those communities. There's a ten or twelve percent that they're losing, and I think that is. You know, we talk about our Delta communities particularly, mm-hmm. who are drying up and people moving out. That's one of the reasons we're That's sweeping right. their money. That's right. They don't have resources to build pools, build sidewalks whatever those amenities are that our smaller communities need to compete, they don't have the money. And we're putting it in other bigger companies at the expense of our smaller communities. And I just really think that's not a conservative approach. It's not. To use their money and bring it down here and send it back out as we as legislators pick the winners and losers. Well, and it's like... It, it, it's like ticks on the back of a hound. You know, they keep sucking and sucking. I just love sucking. your analogies. I can't ever think of them that quick. <laughs> well, I'm a good old Southern boy, you know, so I know all that. Your Hannah's accent like, says it all. Yeah, Hannah's you. eyes have rolled so far back in her head, she can actually see behind herself right now. Um, but it's, you know, but it's it, it's just sapping on us. It you does. know, it's like those, what is that fish? I forget there's this fish that sucks on. It's an invasive species, no less. And it sucks on to the bigger fish. And that's what it's like. And, and sort of yeah. Here in Arkansas, we call those suckers. I was about to say, isn't it called a sucker <laughs> fish? There is a sucker fish, but there's this other fish. I think we have it now in Arkansas too. It's got like nasty teeth, and it oh, a, a lamprey. Do you oh, know the yeah. lamprey? Yeah, yeah. Those things are nasty. Um, so. Um, that's I heard one of them got elected to the New York legislature. I'm, I, the whole legislature is a bunch of lampreys, as far as I'm concerned. And if you talk about what's going on with, uh, as we were talking with the municipal league, it's just a giant lamprey sucking on the on the uh, pockets of every taxpaying citizen. And you know there are ways to reduce that here in our state. We can return more of the local money, more of the people's money back locally. We can cut our taxes. We can allow local communities to make those decisions. We're just going to have to have the will of the legislature to stand strong for that. That's why I'm running. Yeah. I'll stand strong. I'll continue to push those issues. And I just don't think uh, Senator Cooper's done that. No. Well, here's the thing, Dan. Legislators need to understand that, A, they work for the people, and B, the bureaucrats work for them. And often I see it turned around where legislators will come in and say, well, the bureaucrats, they don't use the phrase bureaucrats, of course, but, you know, the administrators in this system and the executives in the other one and the, what do you call the, you just mentioned them, the, the guys who are the head of local school districts. The, the uh, superintendent. superintendents say this and the chiefs of this of uh, uh, and the sheriffs of that say this. And so we need, we, we need 
No, no, no. No, don't start a sentence by telling me what some bureau hack told you and then tell me what we need. You work for me. You do what the people want, and you get those bureau hacks in line. And if those bureau hacks aren't doing what you tell them to do, pass a law. You know, one of the things you can ask, ask your legislator if they passed every bill they ran. If they say yes, that's a pretty sure sign that they are not representing the local people. That's exactly right. People are supposed to tell the government what to do. That's exactly right. And when they come back and say, well, I ran everything I passed, you know, one of the first things you learn, when you're down there, you can pass every bill you want if you just do what you're told. That's right. Well, you know that. And that's that, not just by the administration; it's by lobbyists. Absolutely. They're lobbyists, and there are other interest groups, and they will come to you running their bill that often is not in the best interest of the people. So you can pass them all. Well, you amen. You got to do what you're told. When, when we were working on the Dave Ellswick free speech bill uh, and other related higher education bills, Shane Broadway was floating all around the, the Capitol. Every time I was testifying, there was Shane Broadway in the background. Remember, nice guy, Democrat, Democrat. Yet all of these Republicans are, are, are looking past me to see who's sitting behind me. Is Shane Broadway sitting behind Steinbuck? Is he giving me the uh, Don Corleone nod or not? <laughs> well, listen, Republicans, you better step up to the darn plate and do what you're told to do by the citizens of Arkansas, not unelected bureau hacks who are Democrats, no less. That's what you need to do. Is it time for a break, Zach? For you. Yeah, My ears. I think say I need that to it's take time a break. break. We're going to go for a break. I'm going to have a cup of coffee because I'm a little tired. You know, I'm a little below the, uh, the sort of energy level that Zach requires of me. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to continue on with Dan. I want to talk to Dan. Of course, I'm going to continue talking about taxation. I want to talk about guns. Uh, and we got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave on this Friday afternoon in the studio with me are Hannah Webb Howard, the founder, because I was chided off air for not emphasizing that fact, founder and president of the Bowen Law School Second Amendment Society with one event under her belt already in which we went to the um, Mayflower public shooting range and shot at some paper targets. uh, Not people. Not people. Not people. We don't shoot people. Uh, And then, of course, uh, also in the studio is Representative Dan Sullivan, who is running now to be state senator uh, from uh, the um, Jonesboro, Craighead Craighead County area. Uh, And, Dan, I wanted to ask you, 
Uh, when are you going to have a debate with John Cooper? Well, interesting you'd ask that. You well, know, I, I kind of know the answer, <laughs> but go ahead. Well, I sent John an email over a month ago requesting three dates that our campaigns could get together, and we would schedule them. And in John's town hall the other day, that was one of the questions they asked John. John, are you going to debate Dan Sullivan? And they right. said, we'll see. We'll see. You know, so that's... Well, well, I love the we'll see. I love the passive voice. You know, like, hey, are you going to go out and do this? We'll see. We'll see. You don't have to see. You're the decision maker what are they waiting to see about what's the condition well i don't know that we're waiting we're waiting to see (laughs) (laughs) there you go but you know if you again that's more of an authoritarian authoritarian approach that's right i'm not going to debate unless it's on my terms on my ground but he hasn't even given you your his terms and his ground it's 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 it's, it's actually he has oh tell me Tell me. Well, we're not we're doing not it. doing it. But that's my point. He's not giving you terms and yeah. grounds. He just said no. He's afraid. It. He's afraid, Dan. And if you would think that one that was confident in their positions, whether it's the Second Amendment, right? And you know, he again, he's the guy, the vote that killed the Stand Your Ground. Bill. That's right. And if you're confident in that, then you ought to be willing to and, defend it and reaching out to people, saying, "Let's go in front of the people. I'm anxious to tell you why I did that." If you're confident in your position on the Bible in school, then you ought to be anxious to get out there and talk, not three times, but 103 times. If you're confident that your votes to to support every tax bill that came down and still call yourself a conservative, then you're anxious to get out there and debate a little state representative in a little corner of Craighead County. Uh, since you're the senator, you're anxious to tell people why this is not the guy you want representing, representing you in the Arkansas Senate. And it's exactly the reason I'm running. In this House, you're one of 100, and your vote is diluted uh, so that it's very difficult for a House member to run any real impactful legislation. As a senator, you're much more impactful, much greater opportunities to do that. And that's why I'm running. Well, uh, and I appreciate that, and and as I've said throughout this show and before, that's why I strongly support your candidacy. But I think there's actually more to it, and uh, you're a polite man, uh, Dan, um, and you're uh, born and bred in Arkansas, uh, and I'm neither. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm neither I'm polite. I'm a Missouri or, guy. Oh, Missouri. Well, okay. Well, I'm yeah, a transplant. Yeah, you're a transplant, but a transplant from the South. Yes. Uh, I'm a transplant, and I'm, I love being here. I really do. But I'm a transplant for the North, from the North, and I brought something with me from the North, uh, and that's a little bit of edge. Uh, and I'm not polite. And so let me say what I hear you saying, but from my voice, not from your voice. Uh, Dan, uh, um, uh, John Cooper's a liar, right? So John Cooper ran saying that he was going to vote against Obamacare. What did he do? He voted yeah. for yeah. Obamacare. Multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, John Cooper ran saying that he was going to cut taxes. What did he do? He raised taxes. John Cooper uh, ran saying he was pro Second Amendment. What did he do? He voted. He was the vote. He was the vote against stand your ground. So John Cooper is a Democrat dressed up like a Republican. And you know what the difference between John Cooper and Joyce Elliott is? I respect Joyce Elliott. Why do I respect Joyce Elliott? Uh, I respect Joyce Elliott because she comes forward. She says, I'm a liberal. Here's my liberal positions. All right. I don't agree with them, but she tells you where she stands. She's not a liar. And John Cooper dresses up like a sheep, but really is a wolf. And you know, the campaign tactic to pull that off 
is to make it seem like it's an either-or choice. Like if you are opposed to Medicaid expansion, then you're opposed to the entire DHS budget. Right. And it's also to say there are no other choices. You know, one of the things that we try to do, uh, many of us try to do, is if we vote no on a bill, especially if it's one of our colleagues, our Republican colleagues, we go to them and say, you know, I don't, I voted no on your bill, but here's how you can change it, and I'll vote for it. We did that with the with the uh, free speech bill. That's right. You know, we went to people and said, what does it take for you to get on board? That's right. And that's not been John's uh, approach to legislation that I know of, particularly on the Stand Your Ground bill. That's right. He was opposed to it, and he didn't... Um, fairly confident that he didn't go to Bob Ballinger, who ran the bill, and say, Bob, I'll yeah, vote for right. it if you make these changes. That's right. Uh, but So how do you campaign when you're like John? You campaign and say, well, Dan Sullivan doesn't vote for any taxes. Well, I'm okay with taxes, not for tax increases. That's right. We can balance it. We can add some and take, take, take away some away. That's right. But overall, we're going to reduce taxes. That's right. It's too much. The dollar amount is too much today. Yeah. So when Dan Sullivan says, I'm not going to increase taxes, that's not an out-on-a-limb position. No, and, and you know, when we talk about health care, that, you know, I'm, John is, is, you know, he'll be saying, well, Dan opposes health care in the state of Arkansas. Well, that's just, uh, that's just that's not even, a, it's a meaningless statement, you know? Well, and, I, and I've been one of the greatest advocates. You've worked in health care. Well, and also for ex, uh, expanding scope of practice. Right. To, to uh, getting rid of, uh, creating competition in the health care field. You know, I've worked hard for all of those. Same thing in the field of education. I think I'm the best friend our teachers have had. Well, you've been an educator. You've I've, been a I teacher been and, for and years, a, 30 years, right? Pretty close, yeah. yes. And the uh, you know to create competition in the education field is a good thing for consumers. Of course it the is. The same thing in the health care field. You know, part of what Obamacare did was create monopolies in the hospitals. That's right. They're, they're vertical monopolies. And uh, Senator Westerman, our uh, Congressman Westerman, mm-hmm. now has a bill to kind of help break down those uh, vertical monopolies in hospitals. And there are things that we can do in the state level. Well, you can't do those if you pass the bill in front of you. You can't even look at other bills. Right. So our opposition, same thing with the highway bill. It's not like we hate highways. Right. You don't want to rip up all the highways, no. but you know what? Having a two cents constitutionally two percent uh, uh, constitutionally mandated tax uh, it seems overkill to say the least. Well, and you know we could use more general revenue to do that. That's our, right. Our state chooses not to do that when other states do. Now the governor uh, did add some general revenue, mm-hmm. but I think uh, Lieutenant Governor Griffin was also of the position that there are other ways to collect those of taxes that we don't right. do. That's right. So, you know, John and uh, people like that, they pos- they try to uh, position people like me and say, well, you're against highways. Right. Well, I'm not against them. I want our highways, but there's of another course. way to fund them that is cheaper and better off in the long run for our citizens. But we couldn't even hear that bill until the one before us was voted down. Well, it's a variant of what... Um we Hannah and I were talking about uh, I think before you arrived, which is uh, they try to position you by saying if you disagree with them, you're yeah. some sort of yeah. ist, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when you came in. You're you know, a fool. You're a fool, right? Yeah. You know. Well, here's the thing: um, John Cooper was able to fool 
uh, voters in uh, Craighead County by saying one thing and doing another. And uh, if we have our way, uh, the citizens uh, of uh, Craighead County are going to get someone who actually listens to them as opposed to uh, being there for, for a paycheck. Yeah, and, and throughout the state, you know, when, when I think I said it on the show before that when John voted to kill the Stand Your Ground bill, that killed it for everybody in the state of Arkansas. Of course. Not just Craighead County. That's right. But everybody in the state can't defend themselves to the fullest extent to their God-given right. That's right. Because John voted no on that bill. That's right. And and by the way, this goes back to the point that we were talking about just a little while ago, where I was there when that vote was happening, and I heard uh, a bunch of like local sheriffs or police chiefs or something like that, a bunch of bureaucrats, a bunch of bureaucrats. I'm not talking about beat cops. I'm talking about a bunch of bureaucrats. And one of them literally said... Well, here's the problem. What happens if there's a bad guy on the street and a good guy doesn't have a gun? If you allow stand your ground, he gets to go home, get his gun, and come back. Yeah? You mean he gets to go back on the street where he's allowed as a citizen and isn't cowed by the fact that some bad guy is doing something threatening? Really? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Police Commissioner or Police Sheriff or whatever you are. Do your job. Yeah. And, you know, they, they're trying to restrict our freedoms. We're free, and I'm not following right. the law. That's There's right. There's nothing I've done, and they're trying to restrict my freedoms with that. You know, I had one of my friends that's running uh, for my current seat, District 53, mm-hmm. talk. He asked where I was on Stand Your Ground. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, on Red Flag Law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm against them. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, tell me more about that. And right. I said, okay, I'm against them. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's nothing in front of me right now that I would consider supporting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So until there's something out there that that, that you want me to look at, I may... Sure, read it and sure. study it. Sure. But right, right now, I'm against red flag right. based upon what my freedoms are. That's right. I'm free to protect myself, and we are, are a open carry state. Uh, however you want to uh, describe that, yeah. constitutional carry. That's right. And but we need to we need to beef that up too. By the way, beef that up. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. But those are the freedoms that again are given to us not by the government, but by God. That's right. And according to John, we need to keep the. John Cooper. John Cooper. We need to keep the uh, the church out of this. That's we right. Keep God out of it. That's right. Well, God's right in the middle of it. Well, God's everywhere, right? That's the point. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we can believe in God, and the next guy uh, is free not to. Uh, he still has those rights. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of this. Where, wherever we found, uh, wherever we situate those rights, and you and I and Hannah, we situate them in, in a divinity. But... So be it if you don't. I'm not asking anybody to be anything they're not. If you don't agree that these rights are found in divinity, you find them wherever you want. But you got them. And they're yours to keep. And don't let some bureaucrat take it away from you. And that's true of... uh I wish I had the passion. I could speak with the passion. <laughs> you know you're having more fun than I am. Uh, you know, that's true of all people. You know, that that's all right. people are created equal. That's right. In our Constitution. That's exactly right. So it's not people, Christians, only Christians. No. It's not only Jews. It's not only Muslims. It's not only atheists. All people well, have these rights. The, the LGBTQ community. That's right. You know, I was asked about my position there on on those issues. That's and right. My position is that the Constitution is strong enough to protect everyone's right. That's exactly right. And uh, in, it because should. it's about freedom. That's right. And you have the you have the freedom to you know carry if you're a part of the LGBT community. That's you're free to do that. That's right. That's what our Constitution provides for. 
And I think uh, it stood the test of time. You know, I was talking the other day about our founding principles, founding principles. And, you know, I said, you know, it's not about just about our founding principles. It's our sustaining principles That's that exactly not only right. founded our nation, but they sustain our nation. And when we give up on those, we'll no longer be a nation. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a really salient point. Let's continue this. Uh, we have a guest coming in uh, into the studio, uh, another guest, and we'll take a break and come back right after these messages. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 